You're listening to Kickin' the Panties, your weekly motivational podcast to help you get unstuck, recommitted, or newly engaged in a life worth living. I'm Becca, entrepreneur and mother of two. And I'm Carol, your dating and relationship coach. Are you ready for a swift kick in the panties? Virginia Woolf said, I have lost friends, some by death, others through sheer inability to cross the street. What do you think about that? That's a good one. Because it's like, you know, you have to meet someone in the middle to have a good friendship, you know? Mm -hmm. It can't be one-sided. You have to meet in the middle. I invite you out. You invite me to your party. I bring you around my friends. You bring me around your friends. You know, if the best friendships we have are ones that are mutual, right? And as even as possible. Like nobody wants to be in a lopsided friendship on either end. The caller, pursuer person can get upset because they aren't being seen or received. And then the called chase friend can feel burdened. Have you ever been in something like that where someone was really wanting to be your friend or, or the other way where you wanted some, someone to meet up with you and they were kind of throwing you off? Yeah, I feel like I've been in both situations. Where Me too. It's like, you know, someone acts like they want to meet up with you. So you call them and then or you text them and they don't respond and they respond like a week later. And then it's just like you keep trying to make something happen and it doesn't happen. And you're just like, all right, well fuck you then bitch right exactly and not that you have to be like that but I think what we are probably similar in this way that I'm pretty proud so for me if I try to contact you three times and you kind of blow me off or you know and you're nice enough like it's not like you're saying I like I hate you but I'm just like you know this person doesn't want it and I'm not gonna continuously put myself and I was always like this in romantic relationships too like I'm not gonna be the person that's desperate you know, yeah. and, and if it's a person I really want to have a friendship with or have had a friendship with, I'll end it by just saying like, OK, well, you know, what? I reached out a couple times and it seems like you're really busy. So if anything changes and you want to get together, let me know. And then I just would never contact that person again. And I just trust if they want to come back around, they will. Yeah, that's a pretty good way to handle it. I just stop. I just stop trying and then just like let it fall. But I guess if it's someone who you've like had a relationship before with, and you had a good relationship and then it comes to like a place where you're not able to get together, then that is a good way to handle it. But if it's like yeah. something new, it's like, pff, forget about it. Right. Exactly. Forget and I would do it. that too. Yeah. And again, same with dating, you know, it'd be like, like I tried a couple times and you're not receiving it. So I'm going to move on, you know, before I start <laughs> looking <Yeah>. desperate. <laughs> I can't stand that. Exactly. Even when I am desperate, I'm, I'm, I'm more desperate to not seem desperate. So that's, yeah. that's the key. <laughs> exactly. Shove those feelings down. <laughs> no. So, okay. I'm going to talk about, so we're going to approach this, this, uh, we should say the episode today is about friend shedding. So this is a practice that we've both, we've both done, but I think that everyone can do and should do and doesn't have to be seen as a negative thing, but we all choose to put people around us, right? Like we, our family of choice, our friends, our longstanding friendships, like these people that care about us and know so much about us and are intimately involved in our thoughts and actions and lives. We choose these people. And I think that we need to be empowered to unchoose these folks as well. Um, yeah. Just because you've chosen someone before doesn't mean that at a certain point in your life, the relationship's not working and that it's, you know, it could be bringing you down. And so I think in this season of like, we're talking about self-reflection, we're talking about growth, we're talking about blocks, things that get in your way. And I think one of the things that can really get in your way is the people that you put around you. And you may not even be realizing that that's happening. 
So I'm going to talk about the natural cycle of beginning and ending friendships. Um, and Carol's going to talk about the very real and upsetting toxic friendship um, that we can engage in. So we're going to approach this from two different angles. So for me, teens, 20s, 30s, I've seen changes through all of these decades with how me and my friends react to each other. You know, obviously in our teenage years, we're like really everyone's up each other's butts and everyone's exactly trying to say everyone's yes. up each other's ass <laughs> and just like trying so hard to figure out who you are and then using others to mirror those things to to tell you who you are, to reflect upon you. You know, all of that stuff is very like obviously codependent and fraught and all that stuff. And then in your 20s, I feel like you're more on your journey, but you're, you're not partnered yet for a lot of people. So you really rely on your friendships for, you know, your social life, like burgeoning into the, the adult you're going to become, you, mm-hmm. you know, create these really strong bonds with people. And then for a lot of people in their thirties, their focus shifts to themselves mostly, you know, but also right. to their personal families their individual families, their partners, their marriages, if they have their careers. those, their careers, their travels, you know, like whatever it is that they want to pursue. Now they're, now they're comfortable enough with who they are that they don't need the reflection of everyone around them anymore. And so for most people that brings them into a more like isolated existence in a way, you just end up seeing your friends a little bit less and, and yeah. not valuing them any less, but relying on them a little bit less. Right. So, mm-hmm. I feel really lucky. I have a, like a dozen or so friends, you included now, um, who have made it with me like all the way through like childhood to adulthood that are still really present in my life. And I think the secret to that is to be able to give each other enough space, you know, like like when you're not with someone all the time or they're off doing their thing and you're off doing your thing. Like there are times where I don't talk to my best friend for months. Yeah. No contact, you know. And, and like, it's just, I trust that he's out there in the world doing his thing. I know he knows I love him. I know that he loves me. There's never a question about that. And when we get back together, we just pick up where we left off. And I don't have a judgment about whether or not he forgot to call me on my birthday or, you know, like I just, that's, that doesn't matter because I've been also on, on my own thing, working on my own self. And I'm not, you know, I, I'm just not going to hassle him about that. Yeah, and I think that's a mark of a really good relation, a really good friendship is that when you don't see each other for months or even years, like we hadn't seen each other in who knows how long. But that first time we sat down at that, what was that place? Village Whiskey. Oh, yeah. Shouts was to like, Village Whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, uh, it was like, you know, the same thing. Like we never stopped being friends. We just were like catching up on a lot, <laughs> a lot of shit. <laughs> yeah, but that's also because we both came to that meeting with no judgment and no anger about the past, no resentful feelings about, oh, you dropped the ball here. Oh, you didn't call me when I was in need. Oh, you blah, blah, blah. And so I think, you know, I think that that's really great when you can come into something lighthearted and you really just, you know, want to reconnect and want to be happy for the person. And you're not making it about what they did to you all the time. Because your friends aren't, that's not what a friendship is about. Like your relationships, your, your romantic relationships, your marriages, those are relationships that, you know, you are committing solidly to be with this one person. I mean, and not everyone's doing it like that, but let's just say that, you know, the usual way people yeah. are like, I'm going to be with you and you're going to be with me and I'm going to give you the most of my life. That's not how friendships are, you know, no. like friendships, friendships are just more about being there when you can be there and enjoying each other and, and growing and helping each other learn. And then again, about being that reflection for someone else, like 
helping them see who they are through your eyes, because sometimes it's very difficult for, for us to see ourselves, right? True. So, and you know, I, I've had these longstanding relationships, but I've also had a lot of friendships that went by the wayside too. And I really don't see that as a negative. So this guy, Dan Savage, who I freaking love and have followed since high school years, um, he says that you don't need to die next to someone for a marriage to be a success. You know, if you have great years, built financial stability together, raised beautiful family, and then you want to go your own way, like same, like, why do we say that that's a failure? It's not. You know, right. that's a, a beautiful life. And then going your own way, it can also be beautiful if you're not, again, resentful and, and angry about what the other person did or didn't do. And friendships can be exactly like that. You know, you if you let people come and go with ease and you learn the lessons that they have for you, then you can value them more when they come yeah. and go. You know, you don't have to chokehold every single good thing that ever came into your life. Yeah, you have to like value what it really is and not what you want it to be or like what you you can't have like all these expectations and try to make the relationship like this dream friendship where every time you feel sad, all of a sudden they're calling you and <laughs> right. That's <laughs> like too much thing. You can't put all that expectation on. You have to just be happy for what it really is. Well, and P.S., you can't even put all that expectation on your on your partner partner either. Right. You know? exactly. Like, yeah, we all have a responsibility to keep ourselves, you know, relatively like happy and in line and, and growing like that's kind of that's kind of your own personal mission. You can't really put that on others. Um, but, you know, one thing I thought of is because we've talked so much about our experience in the service industry. I was thinking about how this happens in restaurants. Like I've worked in you know the same restaurant for years. And the staff, there's always so much turnover because people mm -hmm. are just kind of easy come, easy go. Like they get a real job or they move to another city or they get a you know opportunity to be in a show or whatever happens. So they get fucking fired because they're messy as hell. Like, you know, yeah. stuff happens. <laughs> but you have like these really strong bonds. Like you work late into the night. You go out drinking together. You get up early together. You know, you, you're there stuck in those tiny service stations for hours with these people. Yeah. And you share all this stuff with them and they feel like really close friends. And I'm not saying I don't have some close friendships that made it out of those environments, but way more. I have like loved people that just poof, one day they're gone and you're like, oh, mm -hmm. bummer. So, so Sally's not here anymore. Oh, well, yeah. like coffee gets made, steak gets grilled, fucking hours tick on and someone else comes in that you like, you know, as much or like differently. And you, you end up, I think, learning a little bit more how to easily pass, you know, these, these friendships. Yeah, I agree with that. There's been so many people who I was just like, oh, my God, like they feel like your best friend at the time because you spend so much time with them and you tell them you get close to them so quickly because you mm -hmm. tell them about like what's going on in your life every day. Well, an hour they is spent together. Know. Yeah, they might not. They might know. And this is probably for a lot of coworkers. They might know more about you than your people that you actually call your friends at the time right. know about you. But it's um, different. It's different than office jobs because you you have way more time to talk. Right. And then you chill after like right. after your office job, you're like all the people in their cubicles and stuff. They're not, you they know, it's different home. stages of life. Yeah. They're not like all going out for happy hour every day after work. Maybe some environments are like that. Yeah, but yeah. in a restaurant at midnight, everyone's going out for a drink. You have to Everybody because is, you yeah. because if you go you're home, stressed. you're just going to be sitting in bed. <laughs> looking yeah. at the ceiling yeah. you know yeah. so it's just different and like also you just in a, in a eight or nine hour shift I mean you get a good solid three or four hours of talking Absolutely. to each other 
you know, and the other jobs really aren't aren't like that as much, you know. But and my when question you drink, is, you you tell way too much about your business than you normally. Yes. Do. Oh my God, you're so right about that. You're so <laughs> right about that. Yes. Um, so my question is, why do we treat you know romantic breakups different than friendship breakups, right? So sometimes we're just as emotionally invested or entwined in a friendship. But we don't have that same commitment to friends. We're not, you know, we don't have to leave one to bring in another. Like you break up with your girlfriend, you have to say, okay, like you're moving out now because I want someone else to move in. And you don't have to do that with friends. You right. always have lots of them. And so you can kind of, you know, like it, does, it doesn't have to be so direct all the time. Um, so I just wanted to list a couple of things that, that can drive non-toxic friendships apart before you go into the piece about toxic relationships. And, mm-hmm. and I want to, I want to say this just because I don't want people to feel bad. If you have a close friend and you're feeling not as close and you're kind of like wanting to move on, I really think that that's okay. And you should give yourself permission for that. And a couple of these things can happen. So obviously a major change in life, you know, you like concrete things, like if you change a job or you have to move or you have a longer commute or you got married or you had a kid, you know, like all of those things I think can really drive a wedge in relationships just because of logistical issues. Um, Two, a major change in attitude or belief. So if you change your religion or you want to, you know, really change your eating and drinking habits or you want to start like working out all the time or you want to get up really early, like if you just begin thinking differently, that might separate you from the friendships that you had. You know, maybe you're maybe you've had a revelation and you all of a sudden, you know, are born again Christian and all your friends are like liberal Democrats. Like that's not probably going to work anymore. You know, so you're going to have to shed some of those friends to, to find a new way. Um, codependence, number three. So if you want to end a behavior that you always did with a pal that also did that bad thing, like if you're a shopaholic and you and your friend are always going to the mall and spending too much money and you're like cutting up your credit cards, you might also have to shred that relationship. Um, and then discovery of self. So, you know, as you move into a new version of yourself, the old relationships you have might not function in the same way anymore. And I think the toxic relationships can be like that too. You know, like you said, if, if, or you will say, you know, like if someone that you, that you drink with all the time and you're your drinking buddy and that's what you guys do and then you get in fights and then it's all this drama and you want to remove yourself, then you're probably going to have to remove the friendship as well. And then the last one, number five, envy and jealousy. And this is that toxic thing. So, you know, when, when a friend can't be happy for you, because of what you have or what they don't have, or they're projecting onto you their own failings or they're miserable because of whatever reason. And and they end up like bringing that to your doorstep time and time and time again. I mean, that's always a sign to me that, that you need to move away from that person. And, and you have a lot more to say about that. So I should just pass it off to you. You know, it's funny when you're reading all these things, I was thinking, because like I said before in this podcast, in my 20s, you know, I, you know, I got addicted to drugs and I was living a really crazy lifestyle. And so when you were saying all these things, like, number one, you have a lifestyle change. I was like, yep, I got addicted to drugs, lost all my friends. Right. (laughs) Number two, like, uh, I forget what number two was, but I was just changes in attitude or belief. Yeah, my my attitudes and beliefs definitely <laughs> changed from the friends that I had before. So like I had, you know, all my friends changed into other people who were like living crazy like me. And now when I changed back, now I lost all of those friends. And so it's like, you know, lifestyle is important. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And even now, you know, now you're you're going to be in another new lifestyle. Like you're in a new place, in a new right. city, with a new, an, again, a new lifestyle. And so now you may find, once you have the baby, that you meet other 
women your age in Tampa with babies and you might you know, spark up new friendships around that lifestyle change. You know, people that are, right. because that's the thing about like, I've been really on a, on a rant about this recently, so I'm, I'm not going to go too far off, but when you have little kids, you don't have anything else to talk about. It's so upsetting. I go to parties sometimes <laughs> where there's cool people that don't have kids and I try to strike up a conversation and I'm just like, oh, duh, duh. oh diapers, <laughs> ballet, three-year-old. I mean, that's so stupid. I, I Oh I my just, gosh, I don't have time I, to read. I don't have I time saw, to fucking watch Joe's what? ballet pictures. Oh my god. I know. What so a I, look, cute. see there I am. Here I am. Here's the thing I like to talk about. I know how cute is she? <laughs> blah blah blah. It's like so lame. But that's fine because I have a lot of other friends that have kids that age and we compare notes on strollers and it it sucks right now, but we're going to get past it and eventually we'll have interesting things to say again. See, that's what I'm scared of. I was like, "Oh, I don't want to go to mommy and me classes because I don't want to talk about mom stuff i want to like talk about some sex drugs and rock and roll (laughs) (laughs) yeah but you you're not you're not living that life life right now yeah exactly exactly. so you gotta own where you're at i just want to listen to it though that's why i love visiting paul at the brewery and listening to like all the like 25 year old girls talk about like come in looking like complete shit Like that's my hilarious. night last night yes, was crazy. That's great. They're talking about drugs I've never even heard of before. Maybe they're just new nicknames. I'm just trying to follow the story. Like, yeah, wow. <laughs> <laughs> that's fun. Live, live vicariously. Exactly, <laughs> live vicariously. Yeah, because at the end of the day, I think to myself, like, oh my god, I'm so glad that part of my life is over. Oh yeah. I remember absolutely. looking like that and feeling like that, and I'm oh, done. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. All right, so toxic friends and toxic people. I think that a lot of us, we've all had experiences with a toxic friend before or at least a toxic person in our lives. And these are people in our lives who simply put, do not want the best for us. They are not happy when something good happens in our lives. And in fact, they try to shit on it. They're not even there for you when you need them. They're not there as a shoulder to cry on. They're there to say, I told you so, or to make you feel even worse. They want to tear you down and not build you up. So if you've known your friend for a while, you might not even notice that they're toxic or bad for you because you've put up with their shit for so long that it just feels normal or you brush their negativity off of like off as, you know, that's just the way they are. Oh, they're just, you know, they just like to complain or they just are shady. (laughs) And you might be so used to justifying their bad behavior that you convince yourself that maybe it's just you. Like, maybe you shouldn't have told them that you were getting serious with your boyfriend when you know that they've been single forever. Or maybe you shouldn't have acted so excited about your new job when you know that they hate their dead-end one. And you blame yourself for their bad reactions to their to your good news. Um, I think that you have to remember that misery loves company. And the truth is that these people in your life are so miserable with themselves that they hate to see you or anyone else be truly happy. When you're truly unhappy, it is extremely difficult to be happy for your fellow man, especially if it's someone who is close to you. So here's, yeah, right? I mean, even, you know, when in your own life, when you're really like not feeling it and just like miserable and happy when someone comes like bouncing in with good news you're like fuck this person I know you're like fuck you (laughs) yeah and and it's not everyone though I will say like that's an interesting thing because it's it's not like when I feel like that you know towards certain friends like it's not everyone you know there's always there's some people in my life that I always feel happy for no matter what they get you know like it's right like but there but some friendships do have like 
and not it's not even necessarily bad that they have a little competitive edge or they have you know something but it's like like you can focus in on some people in your life and just start thinking like why does that person have what I don't have why does that person have what I don't have and when you start doing that I mean it's very very bad I mean it's 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 friendship ending I mean you you can't you can't honestly sit with someone and say you're their friend when you're actively wishing negative things will happen to them (laughs) you can't leave lunch with somebody and be like i hope this bitch gets hit by a bus i know it's real it's my friend (laughs) right exactly like if you're feeling like that you know you have to just own up to it and and maybe you have to end that friendship and you can say whatever you know we're going to talk about how to get out of friendships like that but i think like you could just say to that person you know like like uh, this isn't working for me right now. Like I, you know, I'm, I'm struggling with my own issues and I need to spend time working on that. You know, that would be true. Yeah. So here's some times, some signs that you have a toxic friend. Like we were just saying, they're jealous of you. So like I said before, instead of being happy about your new job or promotion, they're jealous and not in a natural way, which would be them telling you how happy they were for you. But inside maybe thinking, oh, you know, that's good for her, but shit, I need to get my shit together. That's like a normal kind of like jealous reaction like, oh, you know, you're still happy for them, but it, it kind of reflects on you like, you know what? I could probably pull my stuff together a little bit as well. Right. A toxic- Wait, I have something to say about this. Sorry okay. to interrupt you, but I have a really good friend that's been managing. This has done such a like no one has ever said this to me before, but I really loved it when she said it. So I told you I'm almost done with this hundred days like fitness challenge. Yeah. And- you're looking awesome. Dude, I am looking so fit and I'm so proud of myself. I don't want to like rub it in people's faces, but I worked really hard. It's been like yeah. 86 days or something. And I I like did what I said I was going to do. And I look awesome. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to post a before and after on my Instagram when I finish. But um, so I have a friend that I love very much and she is also like wanting to get fit. And so I've been like, it's a fine line. Like you said, I don't want to like every day be like, look what I did. Look what I did. Like that sucks. And no one wants that. But every so often I'm like, look at my, look at the progress I've made, you know? And I don't know if it's helping her feel inspired or not. Usually when people do that to me, it makes me annoyed and it doesn't, but she just responds and she says, you look great. I'm the appropriate amount of jealous. There you go. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm like, that makes sense. You know, like, and it, it doesn't make me feel bad. Like she's not saying if she would say like, oh, I'm so jealous. Like, oh, why can't I? Like, that would bring me down. And yeah. I don't want to be brought down. I'm, I'm, on, a, I'm on a balloon right now. But, she, right. but her saying, I'm just the appropriate amount of jealous, it lets me know that, you know, she, that she is just a little bit jealous. She shared it with me. It's out there in the open, but it's playful. You know, it doesn't yeah, make me feel bad. jealousy. Right, exactly. It's funny. So yeah, like I was, so I was going to say, like a toxic friend might respond with, oh, really? You got a promotion? What, did you fuck your ugly ass boss? Or, or they might say, oh, I thought you didn't even like that job. Are you even going to be able to handle that much work? Right. So maybe Becca's friend, if she was really a toxic person, she'd be like, really? Like, how'd you pull that off? Like, Right. Or she would say, uh, it doesn't look that good for the amount of time you yeah, put like into I, it. I can't even, I can't really even tell that you changed that much. Right. <laughs> Although she could never say that because I've lost like 20 pounds. <laughs> yeah, no, you look really good. Thanks, Carolyn. Um, so a toxic friend will try to ruin your good mood when they're jealous, whereas a good friend who may be a little jealous will still celebrate you and won't put you down like Becca's friend. Right. And, uh, toxic people also like to make you feel insecure. So remember, misery love co- loves company. So a toxic friend will make snide comic comments or shade you in front of a group of people. They love to embarrass you or make you feel like shit because that's the way they make themselves feel better. 
And I will never forget this time when I was in high school. I don't, when you when you're in high school, everything hurts like a thousand times more. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember I was like sitting on a table and I was like surrounded by all like the cool guys and my little friend group, mm-hmm. and like my shirt was up a little bit. And one of my friends was like, "Oh, I didn't know you had stretch marks." It's like, thanks, thank you. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That's that's so shitty. I mean, do people still do that in adulthood? They probably do. Like, they I've made a real do. effort to, like, get away from people that do shit like that. But I bet people still do it. I'm sorry yeah, that no, happened. I've that de- sucks. I've, I've been around. I haven't had someone to do it to me in adulthood. But I've definitely been around someone else who's done it to someone in front of me. Yeah. And you know what? We should speak up for those people in the future. We got to put these toxic people down and say, why the fuck would you say that? What's wrong with you? <laughs> the really, really bad one. This is terrible. This is like, I'm, I'm not even really friends with either of these people. I was just like in a group of women that I had just met. But these two women were really good friends. And we were just like having wine. Mind you, I've, yeah, right. Quote unquote. Mind you, I had never met one of them. And I only met the other one like twice. So mm-hmm. the one is talking about how she's really wasn't trying to have a baby or whatever. And the other one goes, well, how many abortions have you had so far? And oh, I was like, no. how could you say that in mixed company with Ugh. people you don't even know? Brutal. So that is a toxic friend. Yes. <laughs> Way worse than the stretch mark comment. Yes. It's like the adult version. That's the adult version. There it goes. Jesus. So this is the friend who will tell you that. Uh, this is the friend who will tell embarrassing stories in, at an inappropriate time. This is the friend who will do all the things we do, that I just talked about. And this is a friend who will also tell you that you'll never be able to complete a fitness program or you'll never be good enough to follow your dream. Like, if you want to be a professional guitar player, they're going to be like, well, do you know how unlikely that is? And do you even think that you're even that good? And they often preface their comments with, I don't mean to be mean, but, or they say that they're just telling the truth when they shit all over your life. They make it seem like they're doing you a favor, but they aren't trying to look out for you. They're trying to keep you small and sad and insecure and miserable like they are. Mm -hmm. The biggest sign you have a toxic friend is how you feel after you spend time with them. So when you spend time with a good friend or even just a positive person, their good energy rubs off on you. You feel better after spending time with them. You feel energized. You have a little pep in your step. And this effect even happens when you talk about something challenging in your life. You still feel better after talking to them. The two of you could be talking about something that is completely tragic and you will still leave the conversation feeling energetically healthy. You won't feel completely drained or overwhelmed. However, with a toxic friend, that's exactly how you feel. Completely drained, you feel stressed and tired, you feel worn out, you leave in a worse mood than you were before you spoke to them, even if you had great things to talk about or share. The conversation or interaction will leave you feeling like shit. Yeah. So, So, you know, it's important to identify these people in your lives and for you, for your own happiness, to limit the time you spend with them. There is no doubt good things about these friends or you wouldn't be friends in the first place. They make you laugh or they're a blast to get wasted with because they do crazy shit. Or maybe you keep them around because they're the most fucked up person in your life and their antics are entertaining. Or maybe you've known them for a long time and truly love them and can't walk away. I've definitely had friends like that who are like horrible friends but hilarious to hang out with sure and just like see them like dance on a 
tabletop bar or right but you know what you're getting with that friend that's exactly. not like your best friend that's no, like exactly. someone you you drink with you, you know compart- like and you, you can't compartmentalize yes and like that's a mistake people make all the time they're like oh well this is my friend so i'm gonna like this is the friend i'm gonna ask me to drive me to the airport at 6 a.m no <laughs> exactly no exactly that's not the friend that throws you a baby shower by the way or yeah, that's no. not also like, you know, I work in weddings. That's not your maid of honor right. ever. <laughs> right. That person is not going to fucking be there for you. Like, yeah. just know who you're dealing with and stop. You know, you give people like that responsibilities in your life and then you're mad when they don't meet it. That's your fault. Yeah. Like, you know, that girl is sleeping until 2 p.m. Yes. Waking up to some guy. She doesn't know who he is or where he came from. Yeah. Your cousin probably or something. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. I That's mean, the one you just rely on for the crazy stories and the yeah, like. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, so you've made you've made the decision to walk away from a friendship. And so we have a couple of tips about how to do this, right? So right. one, this is I think everyone's favorite, the like limit contact as you mentioned and then the fade away. So yeah. everyone Ghost knows this them. like yeah, I mean, you don't ghost them, but like, you know, you just start like you avoid the phone call and then you forget to call them back. And you avoid, That's you know, ghosting. just kind of like kind of except you it, it's a slower go. You're not just like cut them off, yeah. never call them again. You right. leave it. So and this is what people do. I'm not advocating for this. I'm just speaking on what actually happens in real life. You basically leave it. So it's kind of open ended and friendly. So then when you run into this person at the grocery store, you can hug them and say, oh, my God, how are you? How's James? How's your family? Let's get lunch sometime. They say, yeah, totally. And then you walk away and you both think, yeah, that's never going to happen. Exactly. And I think that for a lot of I mean, a lot of times when friendships aren't that meaningful to the to either of you, it's easier to do that. Like you you just lose touch, basically. That's like the lose touch it's passive. Method. I mean, yeah. it's it's not like, you know, it's not really, no one's really getting hurt. Maybe someone is a little bit more butt sore than the other. Like maybe someone was more invested than the other. But for the most part, like you move on, you find other friends, whatever. I mean, right. that's usually how people deal with this. Uh, number two, the it's not you, it's me situation. So again, if you have a life circumstance that changes or a belief that changes, you can just point to that. Say, you know, like I'm going through this and that makes the friendship really not viable anymore. And I love you, but you know, I'm going to go do these other things. So you right. can kind of deflect your feelings, even if it really is about, you know, specifically that person. A lot of times it doesn't do you any good to say, to like lay out all the issues you have with someone when you know the outcome is that you just don't want to be around them anymore. Why go through all that? Why hurt their feelings? Why cause that pain? Just, you know, point it into another direction and move on. Right. Because like we said, it's not like a romantic relationship where you like almost owe someone an explanation on no, why you don't. it's ending with a friendship it's more like you know what you can you can say something like oh you know i just had the baby i don't have enough i don't really have enough time or you know i don't know yeah i'm strung out on drugs and i can't be there for you <laughs> <laughs> okay so Sometimes, though, that doesn't work. Sometimes people want are going to force you to be they're going to be like and just like in romantic relationships. Give me a reason. Give me a reason. Give me a reason. Or you might just sense that that's how it's going to go. And you might want to be direct and honest. So that's another way you could go. Number three, be direct and honest. So you could just say to them exactly what you what you think, you know, what's going on. Be like, hey, you know, the last 
three times we hung out, you got hammered and you acted really weird and you tried to kiss my boyfriend and I had to put you in a cab and I don't want to do that anymore and I'm done with you. Yeah. But don't get sucked into a black hole with that, especially in a toxic friendship. If you're like ready to cut the cord with someone toxic and you want to tell them about themselves, you want to say you're toxic, you do this, you put me down, you blah, blah, blah. Expect that they will try to drag you into a black hole of back and forth forever and don't play that game. Just say it once. Say, I'm not talking to you anymore. Block the phone number. Do what you got to do and move on. Yeah, exactly. And I think that it can be hard sometimes because I remember, I don't know if it was my sister or my cousin had this really like crazy ass friend when she tried to kind of like break up with her, like, look, like you're crazy, yada, yada, yada. Like whenever I hang out with you, it's always some bullshit. And she like threatened them like, well, I'm going to tell so-and-so this about you. And like, I don't know. So you have yeah, to try do to it. deal with that. I'll, I'll, pay the, I'll pay the price, whatever it is, to never have to look at your face again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's the only uh, way you can whenever. deal with that is call them on their bluff. Like, you yeah, know what? I mean, do it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know, and, that, and it's worth it. Honestly, yeah, exactly. it's worth it. Yeah, exactly. That's how you turn it back around on them. Like, well, now... This is a great example on why I don't want to be friends with you anymore. Right. Exactly. It's hard to keep your cool in situations like that. But the cooler you are, the more effective it is. And then the last thing, you know, that I just wanted to say, maybe you're not ready to throw in the towel totally. And I think there are relationships that go wonky sometimes. And it's worth it for both people to sit down and just address the issues. And that can be really hard to do. And we've talked about how hard it is to be direct and to confront people. But, you know, in, in a situation, for instance, like where you had a best friend. In fact, I was in this situation before. I had a best friend and because we were both single, we spent all of our time together. And we had a real, really, really, really strong emotional bond together because we traveled together and we did that and we made plans together. And in fact, we were planning to move across the country together to be roommates and, and all this stuff. And we both, and this was the, the saving grace as this happened to both of us at the same time, but we both met our life partners at the same moment. And so that we went through grace. <laughs> it was because if it was just one and not the other, who knows how that would have gone. Right. But, you know, but it was a real struggle because for whatever reason, like it wasn't it wasn't that the four of us, the four of us could not exist together comfortably at the beginning. And I don't know mm. why it took it literally took years like it took me and this friend continuously working on this to make it so it is like, you know, 10 years later, now we're all great. You know, we spend, we vacation together, we spend time together, they come here, we go there. Like, we all know each other really well now. But just the personalities in the beginning didn't mesh, you know, And and we had to separate and we had to come back. You know, it just was really awkward for like a couple years. But we love each other very much and we worked, we worked through it, you know? Yeah. It can be difficult trying to um, be like have couples be friends because there's so many dynamics there. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why so many friendships end in when at a life event like marriage. Like I can't tell you how many people came to my wedding that I just literally never spoke to again. It's so crazy. (laughs) Like tons of friends, like lifelong friends, you know, that just came to my wedding and then it's like, it's your wedding is basically like a goodbye party party. for a lot of people. (laughs) You're like, Oh, that was cool knowing you, but like, I'm going to get sucked into this universe now. Yeah. All right. Well, this is this has been getting long, long, long. So let's finish it up. Tell people where to find us. All right. So please, if you would, 
rate and review and share this with a non-toxic friend or a friend you are not ready to shed. A good friend, a best yeah. friend, a sister, a brother. <laughs> sure. A cousin, an aunt, an uncle, <laughs> your third grade teacher, anyone really. <laughs> Write us on our website at kickinthepanties.com. If you have a question, hit the write us button, or you can go to Instagram and DM us a question. We would love to hear from you. And speaking of questions, next week we have a Q&A from Jordan. Thanks, Jordan, for writing Thanks, in. Jordan. Really appreciate it. Uh, here it is. I have a really difficult time opening up to female friends about my emotions, and I pretend to have it all together because I don't want them to think I'm a mess. I also feel somewhat competitive with them, and I wish I didn't, but I'm always comparing. I feel like I keep them at a distance. How do I open up to still feel safe? So this was really uh, timely, nice, nicely aligned, yeah, to the episode we did today. So we'll talk about that next week. And for this week, this has been Carolyn and Becca saying, what are you going to do this week? Kicking the panties. Evaluate them friendships, girl. <laughs>